0: Amen. Hey. Amen, And that is the truth. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Go ahead and grab a seat. My name is Joe Wood. I'm the guest speaker today, evidently, and I am glad to be here. This is normally about the time in my Sunday mornings that I tell the dogs to knock it off and be quiet because I want to hear what whoever is speaking has to say. No, honestly, it's good to be vertical. It's good to be healing. It's good to feel that my body is being put back together from this surgery, and I want to thank you for the love and I want to thank you for the meals, and I want to thank you for the cards and the gifts and things that just made the last four weeks special to me. I've been looking forward to doing this particular series. If you go into my office, there's a big old giant rolly whiteboard, and it has all the things of pain all over it. And and I wasn't doing that because I was having a surgery. I wanted to talk about pain and the gift of pain that uh, that, that pain is to us. And uh, so I had all these ideas, and then the doctor said, hey, listen, 13 days, I can do your other hip for you let's get it done and it was like wow it would appear that God wanted you to hear from the other pastors in this church and what they had to say about pain and I'm okay with that to be honest with you because at the end of the day we want to make room for God because we want to hear from God we don't want to hear we don't want to construct we don't want to make happen we we come to church because we want to hear from God we're not trying to run a Bible college here you want to do that I can recommend one to you go to Bible college We want to hear from God and what he has to say about what it is that we're going through. And so I want to I wanna share that with you. There's all kinds of things on my wipe-off board that talk about pain from a Christian perspective more than clearly I can do today. But I had visions of having Legos up here because we all know the pain of Legos, right? It's like, whoever preached on that one should have spent more time talking about Legos because, you know, we could wreck some kids' lives for what they do to us with Legos. We really could. Um, and so there's just things like that that we wanted to do. Our lives, our lives, have pain in it. We're going to have pain. It, it, that's a done deal. We're designed to have pain, not to know about pain. We are literally designed to experience pain based upon how our bodies are put together. And so we recognize that. Here's the deal. And I want to say this as we get started. We're going to talk about Paul going to second Corinthians, but let me say this to you. The thing that makes pain significant is what we do with it. Think about that for a second. The thing that makes pain significant is simply what you choose to do with your pain. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with the pain that you're going through, the pain that maybe you've suffered, the pain that's been perpetrated upon you, the pain of whatever it is that you're going through? What will you do with it? That is what's going to make pain significant, and it will make it significant. It will be significantly bad, or it will be significantly good, but it will be significant. Paul tells the church in Corinth in this thing that I finally got back in the mail, my, my Bible with its brand new cover. I, I don't know if it's going to sound different or if I'm going to preach better, but I'm excited to have this back as well. So I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and I invite you to do that as well. As always, it's going to pop up up there and I'm going to share this with you. We're going to look at verses 21 to 29. Um, and so let's just uh, zip over there. Where did I put that? Okay, Paul is talking about everything that he's gone through, and it would appear it would appear that somebody has challenged him and said, well, why do you think you're as good as James or John or Peter or Andrew or any of the other guys? What makes you? You're not even as good as they are. You're not, you're not really an apostle, are you? And so he goes down through this great big diatribe, trying to explain to them that he's at least as qualified as they are, to be called an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not a disciple, but an apostle. And so he talks about all of his sufferings, and he's in the middle of talking about his sufferings. And, and the reason I'm, I'm starting here is because I, I, I want to talk about Paul's pain. And, and there's a couple of different kind of pain he shares with us, but there, l- l- well, let's just get into it. I'll, I'll stop. I don't want to be here all day. You don't want me here all day. All right. To my shame, I admit that we too excuse me, we were too weak for all the boastings. What anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking like a fool, I also dare to boast about, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked harder, and this is is the point where we get into his, what I'm going to call later, his persecution pain. I have been in prison more frequently than the other 11 apostles, 12, once they picked the the, the 13th, so to speak. It says, I've been flogged more severely and exposed to death again and again. Five different times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. That's what they gave Jesus. They gave him 39 lashes, but it was with a whip that was impregnated with lead chips and, and, and ceramic and things like that. Okay? But Paul said five times they did that to me, and I would guess without the lead and the chips and things like that. Okay, but but he got beaten five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and taken outside the city. It doesn't say that, but I know the story. And left for dead. He says, three times, um, uh, excuse me, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and I have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food, and I have been cold and naked, and besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? and I do not feel weak who is led to sin and I do not burn inwardly so he talks about all of this pain that has been perpetrated upon him because he's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ in an area of the world over in the middle east where it is not welcomed it's not welcomed from the jews it's not welcomed from any other religion out there it's not welcomed from the greeks it's not welcomed from the romans it's not welcomed from the pagans it's not welcome And he's preached the gospel and it has cost him dearly. And then at the end of this particular little passage, he says, and let me tell you about my personal pain. He says, who is weak and I don't feel weak? Who is led to sin and I do not burn inwardly? And what he's saying is, what other guy out there, because he's a single guy, what other guy out there has a lust and I don't also understand that temptation and it's killing me inside as well? That's what he's, he's confessing. That's what he's doing. And so he goes on and he talks about that. And that is, that is his persecution pain. His personal pain is found in chapter 12, and it begins at verse 7. And it says, um, It says, therefore Let me find the therefore. Uh, There it is. Okay, There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake... I uh, delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, I am strong. And what he's saying is, look, I also have this physical affliction in my physical body and there's a number of ideas from theologians about what's really going on in his life. In one letter, Paul ends the letter by saying, see what large letters I write. So that's led some people to believe that it's a blindness. He confesses to his own lusts um, that he has in his own person. What man out there do I not uh, you know, relate to um, because I would love to have a wife and, and not have this, this plague in my soul right now, this, this thing. But he's talking about something that hurts. He's talking about something that God can heal. He's talking about a physical pain. On the one hand, he talks about everything he has suffered as a result of being an apostle of Jesus Christ. But here he's talking about what he's suffering for being a human being. And what he's suffering is pain. He's suffering pain. Sometimes we have pain that we suffer in our human state, physical things, because we are physical beings and we're broken. Maybe it's a bad decision. Maybe it's pain others have inflicted upon us. Maybe it's pain that happens accidentally. I don't know about you, but I did run the power saw over my thumb one time when my son was about nine years old. Uh, And yes, it did hurt. There was a lot of pain and there was a lot of blood. and There was a lot of screaming and yelling. But because of my relationship with Jesus, I bit hard on my tongue and chose not to cross a line that I would normally have crossed as as a heathen. Okay? There was Pain. Because of an accident. And then, lately, it's been the pain of growing old. Okay? I'm just getting old. That's all there is to it. I have a friend of mine that reminds me that on a regular basis. Whenever I say, hey, you know, man, I've got this ache right here. He looks me square in the eye. He says, you know what your problem is? And I'm waiting for something very, very, you know, outstanding or, you know. And he says, you're old. And it's like, great. You know, this is not working for me. There's the pain of growing old. Sometimes we have pain from bad decisions, ours or others, and honestly, I was thinking about that when I began to think about have you ever seen those photographs where somebody accidentally, or you know, because there's no way you can do it, but they clicked the camera right before it fell apart. Like this picture. This is pain inflicted upon a guy. This is literally a snowball. The, the fraction, the twinkle of an eye before he realizes he has been hit by a snowball. This man is about to suffer pain. I don't care what anybody says, snowballs hurt if they hit you in the face. Okay, And if there's a little ice in it or something like that, yeah, it's going to hurt. But this is pain inflicted upon him by somebody else. And he's going to deal with the pain in the cold, and being cold is going to make it a little worse. But then there's the, the pain that comes from lack of wisdom and bad choices. Okay, And that looks like this. This is what that pain looks like. Now... <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, okay? Because I was in the construction trade before I was a minister, and I honestly would like to believe that this is staged, and I'm gonna to choose to believe that this is one of those things where somebody said, hey, "Watch this! Let's let's show people why women live longer than men." This is this is why, right here, okay? You know, and it was it was staged. I hate to think that he's about to educate the man that is on his hands and knees in front of him. I really do. Um, even if he's gonna kind of go up the side, it's, like, please know. This is a pain that comes from lack of wisdom when we think about this, okay? And so that's what we're looking at. Uh, pain, and, and it's one of the things we want to grab a hold of today pain is the school of wisdom. And there's a pastor that once said to me wisdom comes from experience, experience comes from trying, trying involves failing. Okay, let me say that again. Wisdom comes from experience, but experience comes from trying, and trying involves failing. The question is, are you failing forward, or are you failing backwards? Wisdom comes from failing forward. You fail, we all fail, don't beat yourself up, get up, dust yourself off, and then Spend some time processing why the failure took place and then make the changes in your life so that you can move forward. Failing backward occurs when we fail and then we fall down backwards and then we get up and we fall down backwards and we we keep doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. I saw a counselor friend of mine put online here recently that, and it wasn't the craziness, they said it a lot nicer than it was says, but, you know, I think it's Dave Ramsey that says that, uh, um, oh, what's his word? Um, Anyway, uh, being out of your mind is doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting different results. See? When we get back up and we keep doing the same thing, but we expect something different to come of it, we're failing backwards, and that's where we've got to begin to make changes in our lives. The question will be, are you failing forward or backwards? When we think about that guy with the saw and we think about the snowball in the face and we think about pain as the school of education, did you know that one square centimeter of your skin has approximately 200 um, pain receptors in it? Just one little square centimeter of your skin has approximately 200 pain receptors in it. Every one of your fingertips has approximately 3,000 touch receptors in them that will in fact act as pain receptors when you either run a drill through it or run a saw over it. And I can tell you that experientially. Yes, I did feel the pressure of the saw, but I felt the pain of my skin coming from together apart, as my father-in-law used to say. When you come from together apart, it hurts. And your pain receptors really start getting involved. But pain is important to our health. It's important to our physical health. It is important to our mental health. It is important to our emotional health. And pain is important to our relational health. It's given to us as a gift from God. It's there to tell us something's happening. All of these areas are affected by pain, but they affect uh, you differently. And we have to choose, are we going to grow when pain comes along or are we going to wither? When you look back at all the emotional baggage in your life, when you look at the things that you've been through, when you look at the struggles, when you look at the tears that you have cried... When you look at the times that you've been alone in the dark in your bedroom, wondering if anybody has ever seen, cared, or even knows what you're going through. Times that you've been in a straight-up car accident. Boom! Suddenly you're in pain. All of these areas are a gift from God to remind you or to let you know that something needs to change. Are you going to grow or are you going to wither? See, the choice is yours. We live in a world that wants to hide or mask the pain. Believe it or not. We don't like pain. Huh? Can I get an Amen and say, no, Pastor Joe, I'm not big on pain. I do not like pain. I was reading articles because we are a people that want to avoid pain at all costs. What do we want to do? When we feel pain, when we feel a headache, when we feel an eye, you know, my eye hurts a little bit. When when we feel we want some medicine. We need some medicine. Just make this pain go away. I just want the pain to go away. I cannot tell you how many times I have sat with somebody that has said, you know, I don't care what they do. Just make the pain stop. Read an article from 2016. And this is what the article said. It's remarkable that pain itself has become such a large market. In fact, figures released last week, that's still in 2016, from the UN show that the demand for pain relief medicine has more than tripled since 1993 around the world. The world population is consuming 14 billion doses of pain medication daily. Daily, fourteen billion. Now, I'm sure that probably incur- involves a Tylenol and a ibuprofen and aspirin and a, and things like that. But it just goes to show that we are a people that do not want pain in our lives at any cost. We don't. Last August. Um, I uh, came to a place where something had to happen with one of my hips. I've had two hip surgeries now in five months, okay? You know that. We don't need to get into it. Okay, but here's the deal. I went in to see the doctor, and hips are graded on a scale of zero to three. And the doctor said that this hip was a two and this hip was a three, but some of you knew I couldn't even walk up those stairs, and you were like... "Ah." that last Sunday that I preached before this hip surgery because you thought I was going to fall down. It hurts so bad. So the doctor, doctor, I said, doctor, you got to give me a new hip. I I hate it. I don't like it, but you got to give me a new hip. You know what he said? He said, you know, let's start with the cortisone. Isn't that where we start? Let's start with the cortisone. I said, what's the cortisone for? Well, it's, I guess it's a steroid and, and it'll make the pain go away for like, I don't know, a month or a year at a time. I'm not sure how it's supposed to work. Okay, you, you guys in the medical field, you know you can educate us later. Okay, But here's the deal. Let's give you a shot. I said, so I come in here and I'm suffering in my hip. You've got the x-rays right there. You're telling me that the answer that I need is to mask the pain. And he looked at me and I said, so we're just going to mask the pain. We're going to deal, this is how I said. we're going to deal with the symptom, not the problem, until the problem becomes so bad that we should have fixed it earlier. And in August, that's when he said, hey, I've got an opening in 13 days. You are absolutely right. Let's get you a new hip. I said, thank you very much. And then he got me a new hip. And then I got up and I walked and it was pain-free and it was amazing. And I know that some of that pain-free was some of the medicines that they were giving me. I know that. Okay, for the first two days, I loved those medicines. They were good. But I'll also tell you right now that I'm scared to death of those medicines. Because I see that prescription medicine when it's used appropriately, is good for us. But it's prescribed into a degree that the mass number of people that end up addicted to it will say they started with a prescription medicine. Didn't get the statistic for you. Just letting you know it scares me. So I created a plan, and I got off the medicines you know, in five days. Now, I'm no superhero. Here's the deal. I know what the pain is for. The pain is there to tell me that I got a new hip. The pain is there to tell me, don't push it. The pain is there to tell me to rest until it heals. The pain is there as a gift to me from God to let me know that I'm being healed. And so again, in the last couple of weeks, same thing. It was three weeks ago tomorrow that I got this hip done. Same thing, couple of days and I need off that medicine. I'm scared of it. I don't want my pain masked, I want my pain to tell me when to slow down and when to stop. The doctor told me, he said, from day one, he said, you can stand on that leg as much as you want to until your body tells you to stop it. Then sit down and don't do much. He said, and what you do at nine o'clock, you'll suffer at two o'clock. So just be aware of that. And I said, okay, and I took him seriously as I could. You know me, I can't hardly sit still, but I took him seriously as I could. Because I want it off the pain medicine. I want the pain to teach me. Pain masked, this is my belief system. Pain masked and ignored is pain not dealt with. Now, relational, physical, emotional, all of it. Pain masked and ignored is pain not dealt with. And pain not dealt with, I believe, will kill you. At the very least, it can kill you. We have to be willing to deal with the pain. Medicine is good when it's used appropriately. You use medicine to stabilize your body so your body can heal, but you've got to do the healing part, even when it's emotional. When you go see a therapist and they prescribe a medicine that stabilizes your your mental being, that's not the answer. That's what gets us to the place where we can work on the pain. We've got to be willing to go to the next step. When there's pain in our lives, we don't have to be proud of what we've done, what we've been through, or what's happened to us. But we can be proud of the fact that we've overcome it and we're sitting in this room. Two things that I'm going to wrap up this with. I'm not wrapping it up right now, but these are the two things I'm going to wrap it up with. Number one is that we want to look at the pain of edu- excuse me the education of pain and paul says in romans 5 not only so but we also glory in our sufferings and i'm just telling you i'm not a guy that likes to suffer i'm not and i don't like to glory in my suffering i don't like to glory in it i just don't want to suffer and so my question is not god why did this happen to me and it's not god uh, get me out of it it's what do i need to learn during this time and sitting still for the last three weeks is something that forces you to spend time with the Lord, be quiet, and just listen. Paul says, not only so, but we, glory, we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so we know that pain is an educator. Paul says it leads us from this to this, to this, and to this. And so the question is that as we are scarred by the pain that comes into our physical beings and our emotional beings and our relational beings and whatever area of our life, when we get the scars, what will we learn from it? Scars are the evidence. That the word of God is true. No temptation has overtaken you. Accept that which is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Bottom line is we are going to suffer. We are going to be tempted. We are going to be tried. There is no doubt about that. We'll look at what Paul also says about the fact that he bears these marks of Jesus Christ in his body. But we're looking at the idea that the scars remind us they're the evidence that the word of God is true. We all will endure suffering. Running from it is not the answer. Learning from it is. Scars are the evidence. Scars are the reminders that you and I are not home yet. Book of Revelation will tell us that the tree of life is there and the leaves are are there and they bloom uh, 12 months out of the year and therefore the healing of the nation. That's what they're for. The healing of the nation. And so they remind us, this pain reminds us that we're not home. Jesus said in John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. Jesus is reminding us that we're not home. When we have affliction, we're reminded that we're not home. When we have broken relationships, we're reminded that we're not home. When there is sin in the world around us and it's threatening us, it is a reminder that we are not home. Not yet. But the joy is Jesus is going to take us to that place. He made a promise so that where I am, you may also be. You know, somebody asked me the other day if I believed in, a, in a resur- the actual resurrection. Like, is there going to be a trumpet blast, and you know, are we going to be, you know, uh, um, raptured? Do I believe in that? And I said, absolutely. And they said, well, why would you believe in that? I said, John 14 says that Jesus is going somewhere other than here to prepare a place for me, and that He wants me to be there where He is, not here where He's coming back, there where He is. And therefore, I do believe in um, the rapture, that 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 day is coming. The dead in Christ will rise, Paul told the church in Thessalonica, and those of us that are still alive will be caught up in the air with them. We're going up. That's going to happen. These are reminders. The things that we suffer are here to remind us that we're not home yet. Whether it's a mosquito that just bit you, or something that you've been through that shows you your mortality. The third thing about the education is that scars are trophies of our wins. I have two big scars right here. I'm not going to show them to you. Okay? There are two big scars right there. They're trophies. I'm up walking. I'm moving. I win. I'm not staying down. I'm not sitting down. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on going. I'm not dead yet. I'm going to keep pressing on. I have another scar right there. Had a big accident. It reminded me. Every time I look down, it's like, yeah, remember how dumb you were that time. Don't do that again. Don't do it. This one had to be done. This one I did to myself. Scars remind us. Scars uh, are evidence, but scars are trophies that we are here, that God has brought us this far. Paul says, the church in Rome, knowing all all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers, nor any height or depth or anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It's not going to do it. We win. He also said, but from now on, let no one cause me trouble. For I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. He's like, I've got these trophies that say I'm walking with Jesus. Us? are you going through a pain physically i'm scarred emotionally my heart is scarred from places way behind me relationally my soul is scarred and continues to grow and heal um, even as as the lord continues to g- take us from glory to glory and then the last thing i want to talk about is just quickly is the danger of pain. See, there's the education of pain. Man, if you're in pain and you're learning from it, that's great. I'm the person that's not taking the medicine. I'm the person that almost puts a, like a, 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 a what do you call it, a, a frostbite on my leg so that I don't have to take the medicine. And the doctor said, so you're numbing your leg. And it's like, yeah, with ice, okay? Because I'm not going to get addicted to ice on my leg, all right? That's not going to happen. But I put it there to, to do that. And so, this is something that I can learn from. I am learning what I can and can't do, and I need to go slowly. I constantly have to remind myself how short a period of time that it's been that the Lord has allowed me to have this suffering for my healing. They had to cut me open with a knife so that I could get the healing that I was crying out to God for. They had to give me pain on purpose so that I could feel the healing of of a better quality of life. I can't have the one without the other. But there's a danger to pain. And that's when we get to this place. The danger of pain is this. When we begin to accept pain as our identity. When we begin to accept the pain of what we've been through, of what's happened to us, When the scars aren't trophies of success anymore. When there are identities that allow us to think of ourselves as victims. That's the danger of pain. When I'm hurting and I just need everybody to continue to pay attention. And I've healed a long time ago. But I still need that. Then I begin to kill myself inside. I begin to believe in myself as nothing more than a victim. You see, because a pain, a pain is is not a destination. It's something we go through. It's not an identity. It's something we've experienced. But when I begin to accept it as an identity, then it begins to threaten me. My identity has to be child of God, willing to suffer, willing to grow, willing to learn, not interested in withering. I will win. I will rise up and rise up and rise up. I will not be the victim of pain. It happened to me. Now, let's move forward learning from it. When I begin to embrace it as a reality, my pain is now the only reality. When I begin to think that my pain is now the only reality, I lose hope. If the only reality I have is I have pain and I'm just going to keep having pain and I'll always have pain and it's never going to change, then I'm not growing and I'm not healing. I'm not looking at the circumstances. I'm not looking at what happened and I'm not looking for an opportunity to grow out of it. I don't want you to ignore the pain. Pain is a gift from God. It tells us to set boundaries and limits so that we don't get hurt. And the danger of pain is that we begin to endure it and we don't get help. Smart people get help. They just do. Where it's your soul, your heart, inside, your your mental health, get help. Smart people get help. Where it's your physical body, don't wear it like a badge. Go see the doctor. Get help. It's okay to say, as Paul said, I am weak, get help. You don't have to endure it. Because accepting it as my identity, embracing it as reality, and enduring it as my eternity, all it means is I'm not learning from it. How can I grow if that's what I'm doing? Have you ever noticed somebody, guy dates the same person, four or five different women, but it's always the same person. You ever been in that conversation? That's the same person they were just married to. to, And I'm not here to throw rocks at you. I'm just saying, when we don't learn from our pain, we go back to the same thing. We go back to the same thing. We go back to the same thing. Because we're not willing to address the pain that brought us here, that we're living our lives through. Jesus says, and and, and don't take this the wrong way because he didn't mean it the wrong way, but he said it out loud, so I'm going to say it. As a dog returns to its vomit and uh, and a pig, a sow, to her mire. So we return to our sin. And I think sometimes we return to our pain. We run right back to our pain because we've made it an identity, because we're not growing from it. We're not leaving it. It's what we know. It feels safe, but it hurts. We're going to return to whatever it is that we've set up as our, our survival mechanism. And we need to be willing to deal with that. Pain is a gift from God that lets us know don't go down there. Don't do that. Don't drink that. Don't eat that. Don't shoot that. Don't snort that. Don't, don't endure that abuse and disrespect. Don't, that's pain. Don't, don't put yourself there. Somewhere in there, When the pain comes, we have to begin to deal with it. We will return to what we know if we don't grow. Plain and simple. We will return to what we know if we don't grow from the pain that we experience. We were talking about how to begin this. How do we want to end this service? And this is the way I want to end the service. I want to invite the, the prayer team to come forward. We're going we're to be forward this morning, okay? That's what we're going to do. And I don't know what you're going through. I, I, I really don't. I know I've been praying for you for the last couple of weeks, and I'm not sure if it's because I want to be in your presence or you know what, but I, I miss you. I don't miss being the pastor. I don't miss standing on stage. I miss being with you. I do. And I'm praying and praying and praying. But what is it you need prayer for? What is the pain that you're enduring? What is the pain that you're suffering? It may not be physical, but it may be physical. We want to pray for healing. I believe in healing. I really do. What is the pain that you're dealing with emotionally? What is the pain that you're suffering relationally? What is that? Because I believe. I believe that the Lord wants to touch your life. We're going to come into this song right here. This last song, we're going to come into this. And as we come into this last song, go ahead and stand up if you would. Because they're going to ask you to in a second anyway. Okay, But, but as we're singing this song, we're going to be down here. I'm going to plant myself down here as well. Okay, um, but, but we want to pray for you. If you're suffering a pain inside of your heart that just needs to, to find some healing, that's what we want to be about today. Is healing healing pain. Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you right now. We thank you and we praise you for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you for the blessing of being a God who gives us the gift of pain. We thank you for uh, knowing that you're right here standing next to us and though it might hurt sometimes that you're doing a surgery, you're doing a work, whether it's on our soul, in our relationships, in our finances, in our physical body, whatever that is, we need that, that, that surgical touch from the Holy Spirit that brings healing into who we are. God, I ask and pray this, this, this morning that you begin to move in people's hearts that need you to be poured out on them. They need a a, a fresh breath of who you are in the midst of the things that they're suffering. And so, God, we need your Holy Spirit, and we say, come. We say, come. As we are here, as we're lifting up this song, we say, come. We love you, Jesus.